The next hour will inform you on how cybersecurity is one of the most significant threats to our national security, as well as the battle that cybersecurity experts are undergoing every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Welcome to Task Force 7 Radio with your host, the president and CEO of Task Force 7 Radio and Task Force 7 Technologies, George Reedus. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 216 of Task Force 7 Radio, the voice of cybersecurity. I'm Andy Bonello, pinch hitting for George Reedus. I want to emphasize the only pages expressed in the show of my own, that of my president or past employers. I'll never disclose any sensitive intelligence that I've been privileged to as a result of my current employment, and I'll never knowingly disclose any classified information related to any security clearances I presently hold or have held in the past with the United States government. And nothing I say during the show should be construed as legal or financial advice. Well, folks, it was RSA week last week, was out there, had a great time catching up with everybody. It was, you know, a time to connect was the theme, right? Connecting. And I did a lot of that when I was out there. And, you know, I had the CEO and co-founder Mario Vuxon on the show last week in episode 215 to talk about how reversing labs acts as an x-ray in the software to protect your software supply chain. And we also talked about what it's like to be a technical co-founder and technical founder because Mario's had been in the industry for a long time. He's got a lot of experience and he's done that. And I just happened to run into a, a dear friend of mine, someone I've known from the beginning of his cybersecurity career, um, who's... Uh, First time technical co-founder, and I had to bring him on following Mario's show. So, man, it was great. I've got uh, the CEO and founder of Salem Cyber, John Bag, on the show tonight. I'm excited, folks. You're going to love John. John is the founder and CEO of Salem Cyber. Salem is an AI cybersecurity analyst. With Salem, organizations can perform SOC-style cyber investigations on every alert generated by their existing threat detection tools, enabling them to find threats hiding in the noise. Prior to founding Salem Cyber, John was a director of commercial cyber defense services at Booz Allen, supporting Fortune 500 organizations with cyber detection technology implementations and cyber operations uplift. John has started his cyber journey in uh, where I met him in managed security services with Verizon Business. It's my pleasure to introduce founder and CEO of Salem Cyber, my friend, John Bagg. John, welcome to Task Force 7 Radio, buddy. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, look, I was so excited that we ran into each other again at RSA. We've been uncooped up now for so long, and RSA was a time for everyone to connect. And I'm just super excited that we ran in, into each other again. Um, you know, just for, for folks listening, you know, John and I have known each other for a really long time, kind of his early days in the industry. And I've just been wanting him to join working for me forever. Uh, but he's decided to go on a whole new path as an entrepreneur and so I'm super excited for him. Um, you know, so, so John, you know, early days for you at Salem Cyber, glad to get you on the show mm-hmm. this early in your tenure into the startup. Uh, but we're coming off the heels of RSA. And man, you know, it's crazy out there. It was so fun, but it was crazy. And I'd love to get your perspective on how you as a new entrepreneur, uh, young company approached RSA, you know, this year. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, never been to RSA before. So, you know, had plans to go in the past and, and those plans always got thwarted. So I, I got to see both as like a first time attendee and then also through the lens of, you know, a, a founder of a, a new cyber startup trying to, you know, figure things out and, and meet people. 
Um, and you're right. It was just a wild experience. We walked the, up and down the showroom floor and just, you know, the, the theme I came away with was this uh, just like success theater, you know, everybody projecting, you know, how great they are and, and competing for attention and airspace. And, you know, the biggest joke that uh, Trevor, our COO, and, and I had was when he like walked by a booth and, and answered a random true false question and I gave him like a $300 yeti cooler backpack that we, <laughs> we took around in war with this everywhere it was great um but it's just it was so overwhelming and um and such a crazy experience uh just seeing all the vendors and and you know all the great stuff everybody's doing um our objective going out there was like you know let's meet five new new potential customers and um you know two days in we were like wow we we just totally missed the train on on the value to extract from RSA. So next year, we'll definitely have uh, a different perspective on you know uh, how to how to attack uh, RSA, how to get value out of it, and and different things to do. But it was it was a whirlwind experience. I'm glad we went. Super glad we got to reconnect. You know, you you were a, uh, a huge component of helping me get into the cybersecurity industry and and seeing how well you've done was was really great. And, you know, I know, um, I'd love to, I'd love to work, work with you again. Uh, maybe our paths will, will meet again here in the future. So <laughs> well, something, something tells me that uh, I'll be working for you one day, judging by what you're doing out there. I'm really excited about the space that you're trying to fill in the industry. Why don't you go ahead and just maybe tell the audience a little bit about your journey and kind of how you got to, to start Salem. Yeah. So journey, uh, started, uh, cyber career, managed cybersecurity services, and switched over to consulting, doing technology implementations for Fortune 500 companies, um, cybersecurity technology, SIMs, things like that, and then larger scale like operations, uplift consulting. Um, and honestly, I I loved I loved both you know everything that I've done in cyber. I came to really love the challenge of cybersecurity. Um, and probably like a lot of people, you know, heading into these past couple of years, started really reevaluating, you know, how I'm adding value, the, the career journey I wanted to go on and came up with this wild idea of, you know, I see a problem out there that I think we can create a solution to and, and I'm just going to go for it. And, you know, that's kind of the genesis of, of you know, where we are today is this, you know, man in a van and his dream. Um, to to create something new to to add value back into this industry that that I've really come to love. I love it. So so tell us the problem you're solving. So Salem is an AI cybersecurity analyst, and what Salem does is it um, does like a tier one, tier two SOC style alert investigation and threat validation. And the idea is that there's organizations out there that have invested in detection technologies that can produce, you know, maybe you have an organization that can produce 10,000 cyber alerts a day, which sounds obnoxious on the surface, but, you know, having been in the blue team and, and building these tools, it's, it's really not that hard to get there. And the SOC takes like, you know, the top hundred alerts that come in, do an investigation, look for threats. And that leaves like 9,900 alerts just sitting on the shelf collecting dust. Um, and, you know, we thought, well, could we create a technology that takes this process, this alert investigation process that, you know, a human process that works 
incredibly well when you give people enough time to run it and actually provide that scale that that's never really been achievable by mirroring that capability using AI technology. And, and that's what Salem does. It enables organizations to say, you know, let's keep sending our top hundred threats right into the SOC and let's take the superset of everything else, give it to Salem. Salem will do that same alert by alert um, investigation, threat validation, and then report back the handful of actions that were most likely to have warranted analyst time so that you can add that back into your existing workflow. Um, and it gives, it gives people a lot of uh, options that they didn't really have before. You've got SOC managers who all of a sudden can say yes to more requests for monitoring for um, you know, regulatory purposes or business application owners want to have, you know, quote unquote, cyber monitoring on their application that, you know, there wasn't really staff or capacity to handle before. And, and now stuff like that is, is more possible. Um, and then ultimately, you know, the, the value prop that we're offering is the ability to find threats that, you know, otherwise would have been just kind of hiding and lying in, in all of this noise. Yeah, I mean, the leveraging the AI, you know, component is really key. I mean, you know, I mean, you've seen it time and time again as a managed security services provider when you're at Verizon and then obviously at Booz Allen. I mean, you know, the, the, the scale that SOCs need today to be effective, um, it's really hard to do without, you know, some sort of, um, you know, technology behind the analysts. So I, I think it's really cool what you're doing. Um, what, what feedback are you getting so far? The feedback from the market has been, you know, has been really strong and really pointed. I think, you know, we've we've uncovered something that's a real problem, and certainly there's a lot of energy in the market trying to detect better, trying to provide lift to um, to analysts, uh, make their job easier. But there's nothing really that's adding the scale in the way that we're talking about adding scale. And, you know, that's really exciting because if you, I like to say, if you get out your microscope um, and you zoom all the way into the space that we're trying to play in, there's, there's not a lot of options for organizations out there um, to really get back, you know, this capacity. And part of our story that I, I really love, you know, this isn't the story of replacing people. In fact, I always like to say that, you know, people are your most important asset and any business book you pick up is going to say that exact same thing. Um, what we're doing is recognizing that people are great and we're trying to augment them, you know, provide a lift where they don't have time to do this review and learn from their knowledge, their institutional knowledge and allow that insight that we can mine from what they know to add to the analysis that we perform. So over time, just like a new analyst coming into an environment, you know, we can learn what makes that environment unique and special and then use our kind of like pre-trained context of industry perspective on threats and merge those two worlds together, just like an analyst would in their environment and give them kind of this true, you know, uh, tier one, tier two style analysis, this true kind of like uplift of an existing process um, and, and give them a, a ton of, of value that, you know, they've wanted, but, but there just hasn't been a clear path to. Yeah, I love it, man. I can't wait to hear more. We got to transition to commercial break. 
So, hey, if you're a social media junkie, don't forget to follow TF7 Radio on your favorite social media platform. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and even Instagram by searching at TF7 Radio, and you'll be connected to the extended TF7 family in, on your favorite social media platform. For inquiries regarding sponsoring the show or suggestions for topics or guests, please email George directly at george.redis at tf7radio.com. That's george.redis at tf7. That's the number seven, folks, radio.com. We're going to pause with some quick messages from our sponsors, then we'll be right back with founder and CEO of Salem Cyber, John Bag. So whatever you do, don't go away. You're listening to Task Force 7 Radio, the voice of cybersecurity. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In today's interconnected world, digital transformation is taking us on a journey towards exciting new ways to work, live, and communicate. In business, staying out in front of the competition means pushing the boundaries of the status quo and exploring the possibilities of the future. However, pushing forward into this fast-changing digital landscape brings a new level of uncertainty and risk that must be measured, understood, and managed. By delivering state-of-the-art cyber risk analytics, X-Analytics is setting the standard to bring business clarity to the complex cyber threats organizations face each and every day. When it comes to understanding your financial exposure to cyber risk, trust what the global cyber insurance industry and Fortune 500 companies trust. Trust X-Analytics to guide you through the uncertainty into cyber risk clarity. For more information about X-Analytics, visit our website today at x-analytics.com. That's x-analytics.com. X-Analytics, setting the standard in the enterprise cyber risk management. As CISOs manage known malware attacks, they also contend with the unknown unknowns. With 24-7 hacker innovation, where do CISOs place their next security investment bet? Find the answer with Signet. With forums and public and private partnership dinners in Toronto, London, Singapore, Tokyo, and across the U.S., Signet is a mission-focused, purpose-driven global community advancing the next generation of cybersecurity solutions. As an entrepreneurial ecosystem super connector, Signet brings innovators, top cybersecurity professionals, solution providers, investors, and government executives into a collaborative alliance. Join Signet's global community to empower your organization and the industry to defeat hackers with cybersecurity's next generation of innovation. Learn more at security-innovation.org or Google Sinet, S-I-N-E-T. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Task Force 7 Radio with George Redis. If you'd like to find out more about our program, please visit the website at taskforce7radio.com. Again, that's taskforce7 with the number 7, radio.com. Now, back to this week's show. Here again is your host, George Redis. Welcome back to Task Force 7 Radio, the voice of cybersecurity. We're back with founder and CEO of Salem Cyber, John Bagg. All right, man. I got to I gotta know because like, you know, I've been like was in corporate forever. And so like, I've always wanted to go kick off my own thing. But man, I'd love to get your perspective on what it was like when you went to the wife and said, hey, I want to quit my job and go start 
my own company? Yeah, it was certainly uh, certainly interesting. Anybody who knows my wife knows that uh, she's she's pretty risk averse. Uh, so that was a an interesting conversation for sure. What what ended up happening, you know, kind of the story of of how we got here in in 2020, right at the beginning of 2020, I had planned to take a huge amount of time off. You know, I worked with a lot of European colleagues. You know, I heard this this rumor that uh, people here in the U.S. don't take time off, and I said, you know, I'm going to do it. I've got all this time saved off. I'm going to plan a whole year in advance. I'm going to take this time between Thanksgiving and New Year of 2020. And I did it and it was great. And, you know, we went up to New Hampshire and just um, for a while, it was just me sitting with my dog, uh, you know, uh, not doing anything, you know, uh, COVID's kind of raging on, so nobody's going out anywhere. And about three weeks in, I started to, you know, really think deeply about, you know, what it is I'm doing and, you know, kind of the noise of the job and the responsibility started to fade away. And all of a sudden, you know, I was in this space where I was just, you know, thinking more clearly and feeling more creative. And this idea popped into my head. And I thought, you know, is there something here? And and I'm an avid skier. So I was out there skiing by myself. I, I timed, I was creating my pitch. I was timing it with the chairlift. So I would pitch myself on the chair up and I would ski down real quick and I pitch myself on the chair up. And I did this for like, two days uh, before I even thought about talking to my wife <laughs> about what I was about. It went propose. from the elevator pitch to the chairlift pitch. Yeah. Yeah. The chairlift pitch for sure. Um, and then, you know, in a very pragmatic way, we, we said like, all right, like if we're going to do this, we've got to be prepared. We've got to know what kind of time, time we're going to need, what kind of resources we're going to need. And, you know, we took another six months to, really think and and talk and discuss and plan and then you know decided to um to pull the trigger and make the jump and you know if if not win or if not now win kind of kind of situation um and it's been life-changing and you know i i like to tell people even this early in our journey uh if this thing turns out to you know be a total flop rather than fall flat on my face i will still be so much better for the experience that it it'll definitely be worth it. Um, the only thing I'm worried about is, is becoming a zombie company, you know, the just good enough not to fail, but uh, not good enough to really be where you want. Uh, but it's just been a, a great ride. And I'm so fortunate that, you know, my wife has been supportive and given me the space to give this everything we got. Good for you, man. I'm excited. I love, I love the chairlift pitch though. I'm going to have to start to use that a little bit because I think it's <laughs> fun. Sounds like I need to get out skiing more. Um, you know, what advice have you received that kind of helped you, you know, as you've been on this journey? Yeah. So I, I've gotten a lot of advice, a lot of encouragement, a lot of people, you know, just want to say like, oh, you know, great for you. Um, and at first I started to read a lot about successful entrepreneurs. And I think what I realized is I'm reading a story where I know the ending, right? Like, you know, this person was successful. And so all of a sudden everything they do seems like the right move to make. Um, and that's probably not true. You know, what, what's going to work for one person isn't going to work for us. And, you know, just because somebody did X, Y, and Z doesn't mean X, Y, and Z contributed materially to their success. 
And so I started to get a lot deeper into like specific topics. I was doing a lot of reading. Um, and some of the more interesting topics that, that have really been influential to me, uh, I read this book called The Mom Test by uh, Rob Fitzpatrick. That's all about, um, you know, how do you collect feedback in a world where everybody's lying to you? You know, the concept that, you know, everybody tells you what you want to hear. Um, and it's easy to get drunk on that uh, that encouragement, uh, right? Like, oh, it's so good. Your product's great. You're going to be the best first-time CEO. This thing's going to be big. Like, I love it. Yep. Yeah, got it. Yeah, and so that's just, um, uh, you know, that, that was kind of like a pivotal moment. Like, oh, my God, you know, everybody is lying to me. Like, everything that you're saying, I'm hearing and I'm believing. And, and I've got to get out of this and, and figure out how to ask people questions that they're willing to answer honestly. Um, and then, you know, a bunch of other things. I think uh, Crossing the Chasm by Jeffrey Moore has been really influential in terms of how we're thinking about the markets. Again, it's just, it was so easy to think about, you know, we'll contact everybody who's willing to have a conversation with us. But, um, you know, the perils of, of not having a referenceable market are just so severe. Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate that, you know, we got that kind of insight early in our journey. Um, and then, you know, the, the book everybody's been reading lately, Grip by Angela Duckworth, is, has been really fascinating. And I see so much of my, like, early life journey in that, you know, I always felt like I was pretty capable, but I never applied myself that well, you know, coming up through school and college and, and whatnot. You know, I just kind of got by on the fact that I was clever. Um, but, you know, just really getting into, you know, the multiplying effect of effort and learning. Uh, on you know your success journey and and the value that you can create um, really gave me a new perspective on how I need to operate personally you know through this journey. Don't try to transact on your network and and past successes. You know none of that matters. It's it's the effort that you put in and the amount of work that you can produce you know from that effort. It's it's really important that you learn that early on, right? Like, yeah. you, you don't want to be like two years into this journey and like just be believing everything that you're everything's going great. And I, I love that you're thinking the way you are. Um, you know, like if you were to, you know, in terms of like what you've learned that others might benefit from, like, um, what we think be the top top stuff there. Yeah. Um... I, I think I think the, the biggest thing is, you know, don't trust other people's advice as as, as true. Um, you know, we're in interesting times uh, in the industry in terms of, you know, where the market is. And, and you ask people about, you know, what, what they think. And all of a sudden you get a million different perspectives. Uh, and what you realize is your situation is so unique that, you know, you've got to really be able to think critically about what the right move for you is. And then you've got to realize that there are no right answers and, you know, you're, you're going to be judged in hindsight with what you do and you're never going to really know what the right moves are. Um, and there's really no binary, right? There's no, this move is right. That move is wrong. It's, you know, to the degree at which it's helpful to the, you know, the mission you're trying to achieve and the, the kind of philosophy I've had for a long time that has served me really well is as long as I can do enough of the right things enough of the time, uh, I'll get where I need to be. 
And, and that's kind of the core philosophy that, that we've tried to operate with is, you know, we don't know everything. We're not going to make all the right decisions, but if we can make enough of the right decisions, uh, then we'll be in a really good place. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, out at RSA, you know, talked to a bunch of folks and, you know, we talked about how there's still, even with the economy, there's still tons of cash out there for cyber, but the, the maybe how that cash gets dispersed into whom, you know, may change as people become a little more risk averse. Your early stage, you know, how are you feeling about just the, the economic landscape right now? I think in a lot of ways, I, I can be like naturally optimistic. So I always like to think of my situation and like, uh, what is the silver lining? Um, I think the silver lining for us is that there was going to be a market downturn. This is the exact right moment for us to happen. The cost of capital is, is going up for sure. But, you know, we didn't get ourselves in a situation where we took on a lot of money and then valuations cut in half. And now it's difficult for us to raise any new money because, you know, we'd be taking a down round or, or something like that. So it's going to be a longer cycle and, uh, you know, investors are going to want more. They're going to have more scrutiny. They're going to want, you know, to control their risk a little bit better. But I think if you've got a good idea, uh, if you've got market traction, you know, to your point, there's a lot of money out there. Uh, that's looking to invest in good ideas. And, you know, I think we're in a really great, great place to capture it. I also think there's this, you know, the B2C companies, uh, companies in, that are, um, you know, going direct to consumer. There's a lot of worry about what consumer spend will look like. But the feedback I keep getting in the cyber market is that you know, organizations have always not wanted to spend in cyber. It's, it's a cost, right? And, it's hard for a board to necessarily recognize value because it doesn't come in terms of revenue, generally speaking. Um, it's not always true. Uh, but they recognize the importance of investing in cyber. And so largely, I think if you um, think like an aggregate across industry, it's unlikely that there's a reduction in cyber spend. And I think that that means investors can have a little bit more confidence in cyber market um, that there's not going to be pullbacks and retractions like you might see in a um, like software direct-to-consumer type business. Yeah, I think you're in a really good spot in the sense that you know part of your you know the benefit of what you're providing is there's a huge ROI actually for the purchaser, right? Like you've got you're saving a lot of time, you're providing scale, like you can you know probably talk in terms of X number of analysts that you're doing the, you know, that number of work on to free up, you know, your, the current employee base to do, you know, harder, solve harder problems. Like there's probably endless kind of ROI conversations that you can bring to that table. Um, or, or is that kind of where things are headed for you in your conversations right now with folks? Yeah, I think once we get to the point where, um, people understand what we're trying to do, like the value, like we're not having to justify the value. People see the value in the story and the capability um, because, you know, in effect, the other, other path would be to hire more people. And there's, you know, practical limits to how many people you can bring into an organization. And, you know, well-documented, massive shortage of cyber talent. So even if you had the resources to bring more people in, you know, it's hard to attract and retain really great talent. So 
I, we haven't had to pull the lever too much on, um, you know, the cost savings. Uh, it, it, it's kind of been, yes, there's an inherent, like we can do the work of many analysts at a certain point. Um, but, you know, there's other drivers such as, again, just it's, even if you had the money, it's really, really hard to get new people um, and, and even keep the people that you have. So um, there's a lot of, yeah, I guess I'll have to say there's a lot of potential value out there. Um, cost is certainly one of them. And we've got to be cognizant of that too, you know, with, with how we position our product and pricing. You know, you can't have a, a value story and then uh, charge people 10 million bucks, right? So um, it, it, it's in there, but fortunately for us, we haven't had to lead with it. The, the story is, is telling itself at a certain point. So, so kind of rewinding the clock a little bit, you know, and you're back at, at booze, you're getting ready to do this. Like, you know, what was the, you know, kind of the shift for you going from consulting into being, you know, a CEO, you know, what was that like for you? You have to get a lot better at a lot of things that you didn't necessarily want to be good at. I was reflecting at RSA with some some former colleagues and um, you know great leaders that I worked for that I felt very insulated when I was consulting to certain parts of the business, such as business development. I'm an engineer. I did technical consulting, operational consulting. Um, somebody else went and you know cold called and had conversations and uh, you know teed up. Uh, bringing me in. And then from there, you know, the problem's kind of defined and you're just having a conversation about, you know, what their specific problems look like, where they are in their journey and where they're trying to, to get to. And you're painting a picture of, you know, what that journey is going to look like. Um, but there's so much more to running a business than that. There's the business development, there's, you know, backend operations, there's trying to figure out um, insurances and, and form filing. And, uh, you know, everybody who, who does one of these is a, is a Delaware C Corp, right. And, and trying, <laughs> trying to file paperwork with Delaware was just, it was eye opening. It's like, Oh, it's only $50 to, you know, to file a form that seems pretty reasonable. And then it's like, Oh, you wanted us to, uh, file that this century. That's an extra $500. Um, <laughs> so just trying to figure out all this little, little things and then get good at stuff that, that you wouldn't necessarily want to know how to be good at. And, you know, we're trying to be so lean that it's, you know, if, if nobody's doing the job, it's your job and you got to figure out a way to do it. Um, so it's been a really fun part of the journey, but it's been eye opening for sure. And probably, you know, the reason I say that no matter what, this experience will be very positive for me because I, you know, my worldview in terms of operating in the business world is just so much wider um, and, and so much more complete, even, you know, just the short time in, in the journey. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can only imagine, right. When you're employee number one, <laughs> you yeah. do it all. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing. So, you know, with, with Salem, um, you know, AI is kind of everywhere in terms of buzzwords in, in the marketing space you know, how, how is Salem kind of differentiating or how's your approach, you know, differentiating in the market? When I get into a technical conversation, the question of, are you real AI comes up almost every time, you know, there's this kind of overwhelming um, marketing buzz around, you know, product X or category X plus AI, or we are AI enabled or, you know, whatever. And, and the word itself, 
didn't really have a lot of meaning to start with and has grown to mean even less. So, you know, we like to have a conversation about the types of AI that we're using, neural networks, natural language processing, things like that, you know, basically come out and say, like, we're not trying to be representing that we're artificial general intelligence. Uh, and that has helped some. I had a really interesting conversation uh, the other day with, um, you know, somebody else in industry. And I think one of the things that's going to happen, the situation might get a lot easier for us moving forward. Uh, you're all of a sudden seeing you know, big organizations, big enterprises stand up uh, these like AI review boards and add that to the process of acquiring new services and technologies. And basically, if you have AI in your pitch somewhere, they want to, you know, take a look at the model. They want to understand, you know, the biases that could potentially creep in and what are the downstream impacts to, you know, people and products um, of, of any of those biases. And, you know, with any of these processes, the procurement, it just increases the, the, the length of the sales process. And I suspect that what was once a benefit, right? Saying I have AI, like made your product sound cool and seemed like a benefit is actually going to become a detractor because it's going to add weight to the process of selling something. So I think there's going to be like a little natural weeding out of the AI and messaging only because it's like, well, if it's not a core component of our story, do we even want to talk about it? Because that's going to add, you know, two months when we're trying to sell into like a big bank. Um, so I'm kind of hopeful that, that that'll help as well. You know, AI is going to be always part of our name, part of our story, because, you know, it's, it's technology that's fundamental to what we're doing. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, hopefully it'll get a little bit easier for us on the messaging side, because it might be a little bit less noise here in the next six months or so. Yeah. Really cool, man. Well, Hey, look, we got to take another short break to hear from our sponsors. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back with more from founder and CEO of Salem Cyber, John Bagg. You're listening to Task Force 7 Radio, the voice of cybersecurity. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. As CISOs manage known malware attacks, they also contend with the unknown unknowns. With 24-7 Hacker Innovation, where do CISOs place their next security investment bet? Find the answer with Signet. With forums and public and private partnership dinners in Toronto, London, Singapore, Tokyo, and across the U.S., Signet is a mission-focused, purpose-driven global community advancing the next generation of cybersecurity solutions. As an entrepreneurial ecosystem super connector, Signet brings innovators, top cybersecurity professionals, solution providers, investors, and government executives into a collaborative alliance. Join Signet's global community to empower your organization and the industry to defeat hackers with cybersecurity's next generation of innovation. Learn more at Secure. Security-innovation.org or Google Signet S-I-N-E-T. In today's interconnected world, digital transformation is taking us on a journey towards exciting new ways to work, live, and communicate. In business, staying out in front of the competition means pushing the boundaries of the status quo and exploring the possibilities of the future. However, pushing forward into this fast-changing digital landscape brings a new level of uncertainty and risk that must be measured, understood, and managed. 
By delivering state-of-the-art cyber risk analytics, X-Analytics is setting the standard to bring business clarity to the complex cyber threats organizations face each and every day. When it comes to understanding your financial exposure to cyber risk, trust what the global cyber insurance industry and Fortune 500 companies trust. Trust X-Analytics to guide you through the uncertainty into cyber risk clarity. For more information about X-Analytics, visit our website today at x-analytics.com. That's x-analytics.com. X-Analytics, setting the standard in the enterprise cyber risk management. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Task Force 7 Radio with George Redis. If you'd like to find out more about our program, please visit the website at taskforce7radio.com. Again, that's taskforce7 with the number 7, radio.com. Now, back to this week's show. Here again is your host, George Redis. Welcome back to Task Force 7 Radio, the voice of cybersecurity. We're back with founder and CEO of Salem Cyber. John Bag. All right, brother, we're the home stretch. So your year one in, I got to know, what's been the biggest like aha moment for you? Well, I think um, one thing that I didn't anticipate that has just been so fundamental is how, how every like problem that we've run into, it seems like there's now a service to solve for you. It, it's just been... You know, people keep saying it's the best time to, to start a company. And, you know, there's just so much out there. I mean, we're looking at like compliance. There's these great compliance tools and capabilities that are really simplifying, um, you know, what that journey is going to look like for us. There's you know, these great SaaS and PaaS offerings from, you know, a lot of the big players, but a lot of small players as well that just give us, you know, exactly what we need when we need it for basically no money. You know, their pricing schemes are all geared towards like big companies. You're paying for a user. You got, you know, just a handful of users, $5 a month is, is a pretty easy, easy pill to swallow. So that has just been a huge boon. Um, on the negative side, you know, I, we plan to build this technology around like certain frameworks and, and, languages and whatnot and you read the documentation and you're like oh okay great like this is going to work in this way and you get into it and you're like well you know support wasn't as good as what you need so um in the 11th hour as we're we're trying to build the first version of the product i'm learning javascript on the fly i had no no anticipation that i would need to see to be using javascript and i'm like well, I, you know, this is what I'm doing now. This is what we got to do to make it work. Uh, I'm going to figure it out. So uh, it's, been, it's been fun in that way, but also pretty stressful when you're really confident something's going to work and then you run right into the brick wall. Yeah, resilience, I'm sure, is, is really key. So, you know, how would you then advise somebody, you know, kind of looking to start a company now that you've you know, learned these things? <laughs> what would be the biggest advice you'd give now looking back? Well, when I told people I was starting a company, I got the same kind of universal comments of, well, that's so fantastic. You know, you're going to do great. You know, I'm, I'm glad that you, um, 
you know, have the courage to take on the risk, which sounds great. But when you read between the lines, it's like, are you sure they really want to be taking this risk? And to me, it's like, you know, what is the risk? I mean, you have to be disciplined. You know, you have to make sure that you're testing and validating your ideas. You're talking to potential customers. You're talking, you know, to people in industry and stuff like that to make sure the things that you assume are true. But, you know, like I said earlier, um, if you've got an idea, you should go for it. There's, there's so much demand for technical skill set. You know, being a technical founder is, it's never been easy. It's never been less risky, especially if you can fail fast. And so, you know, you got a great idea. You think you can make it, you know, plan to fail fast. And if you end up succeeding, great, you're off to the races. And if you fail, you know, you really haven't lost much time. You jump, just jump onto the next thing. Yeah, it's really cool. So, you know, like what's next for Salem? Well, um, you know, we're, we're still young in our journey, so we're, we're going to try to tackle a, a pretty big market and, and try to make some noise and maybe even define a whole new category of product that's going to emerge in, in industry. So um, next, is, uh, next is not on the plate yet. Uh, we're still just trying to live in the moment and, uh, you know, do what we came here to initially do. And, and that's probably going to be, you know, our main focus for the foreseeable future. Nice. How does, how does someone get a hold of Salem? Well, right now we're in a uh, private preview. So, you know, if, if Salem's something that's interesting to you, I think you can, it can add value. I encourage you to reach out to, to myself. Um, you can send a company email at info at salemcyber.com um, or go on our website and, and reach us that way. Um, but yeah, we're, we're out with our beta product. Um, we're trying to get to alpha as quickly as possible. And, you know, if you're one of those, those organizations or people who, you know, want to be on the cutting edge and, and want to work with us to make uh, a great solution to this challenge, you know, reach out and uh, love to work with you. Very cool, man. Yeah. The thing I love about, you know, the company where you are in your journey is like, you have some flexibility right now and a partner to be a great partner for folks as they're going on the AI journey. So look, man, I, um, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I'm glad we were able to reconnect at RSA and I wish you all the best. Thanks, Andy. This is, this is great. It's great catching up. All right, brother. All right, folks, it's time for us to bounce up on out of here. Don't forget to visit aliveshoes.com slash brand slash TF7 to get your own pair of Task Force 7 sneakers. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Task Force 7 Radio, the voice of cybersecurity. Stay frosty out there. Thank you for tuning in this week to Task Force 7 Radio. To learn more about Task Force 7 Radio, please visit our website at taskforce7radio.com. Be sure to join your host, George Reedus, again next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. <laughs>